This week's episode of the Foot and Crease Podcast is sponsored by LaRoe Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery. They are located at 327 Bronte Street South in Milton, Ontario. You can visit their website at LaRoseBakery.com and check out their Instagram page at LaRose Milton. Welcome to episode 25 of the Foot in the Crease podcast. My name is Angelo Lippa, joined as always by Taylor Prestige and Michael Chikin. Uh Boys, we're back for another week, back for another episode. How are we feeling? How are we doing? Mikey, we'll start with you. Uh, so I took the little one to go see Santa. She cried like every <laughs> other little baby seeing Santa Claus for the first time. How was that experience? Uh, went as expected. Drove half an hour to this uh, farm just outside of Guelph. Uh, uh for for her being happy for 30 seconds and the rest of the 10 minutes was just a fucking nightmare buddy but, just a warning man that's gonna be the rest of your life man oh dude I know. Just, well i said to erica so like she's like yeah take her to go see santa i said okay so we're going to the mall or what she's like no it's this farm like 35 minutes outside oh, of guapo like are you trying to do something cutesy yeah. right yeah it just and mila just wasn't fucking having it as expected but uh you know it is what it is taylor what's going on buddy Little... not too much i was just uh this chat is is uh bringing nostalgia for when i was in the guelph area for a long time what I would recommend, especially because you're on the east side of Guelph, the northeast side, you got to go to Rockwood for the uh, Parade of Lights, which is their uh, yeah. version of a, of a Santa Claus parade. But it's just a bunch of drunk farmers riding their tractors around that they outfit in lights. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, maybe uh, next year when Mila's a bit older, we'll, uh, we'll get out to those events. Yeah, man. Just, uh, like uh, Santa rolls in and like a John Deere combine <laughs> harvester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angelo, how are you, man? Said, oh, right? I'm doing good, buddy. Yeah. What did you say, Mikey, there? Sorry. No, it said, said Sandy rolling in on his John Deere with <laughs> a nice moose head logger. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, let me cut you off. What's going on, buddy? What's no. going on? Not much, man. It's uh, it's almost Christmas time. Getting stuff ready to go. I'm heading back to Toronto come uh, Boxing Day. Go see my family. See my sister. She's about to. She's actually about to give birth. Uh, oh, wow. Supposed to be due December 24th. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, just getting everything else ready. Getting everything ready in line and doing some Christmas shopping. Went down to uh, New York and Vermont there to do some shopping. Watch some hockey. You know, just kill some time. Do something for a weekend. Wow. So gonna be Ziangelo. Yeah, buddy. I'm Absolutely. excited. We don't know if it's um, a boy or girl, which is kind of playing into the that's, whole thing. Where that's exciting. They yeah. want to, you know, they want the surprise when she gives birth. So my money's on boy. Obviously, raised as a Has fan, not a Leaf fan, but uh, we'll see how okay. I we'll see how okay. I fare in that in oh, that matter. Easy. <laughs> I mean, uh, gotta try, right? You sound like Luca Brazzi and our Godfather yeah, well, one, too. Yeah, well, hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I, I can make one off. Your first child is a masculine yeah. child. <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, any listen, ha- happy and healthy is all we're looking for. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, uh, it's exciting for for our family too. First kind of uh, 
newborn uh, extension of the family right so kind of torturous not knowing what it is though you know like for me i had to know mm-hmm. we like it's i think for ellie rose i don't think we found out mm-hmm. but she was our third right yeah so michael did you guys find out yeah yeah, we found out. You can't go. You can't go the nine and a half months without no. it, man. I don't know how people. Well, you know what? It's, it's just preparation, right? Like, you know, what color to paint the room. You know. Well, not you know. yeah, not yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, Michael's I, been, I, always I been a that. big preparation guy. <laughs> More so preparation for Erica, but I couldn't give a fuck. Eh? <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what's what's going on boys what's on the agenda this week well i figure you know what since i mentioned the toronto maple Leafs, we'll start with them because they're also playing tonight and uh mitch marner uh on quite a point streak he extended it tonight what tuesday december 13th to 23 who? mitchell marner you know who who i don't know he's Sorry. some guy i just some guy listening to angelo talk about elite players like doing well it's just so nice hey, well <laughs> you know what I, I have to recognize when they when they are playing well i'll remind you Come April when they're they're swept out of the playoffs or something else. Oh, uh, here we go. He's got to shoot more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's listened to his mother. But uh, Mitch Warner on uh, a 23-game point streak. And the Leafs are rolling, too. They seem to have uh, kind of caught up to the Bruins there who had started off the season red hot, didn't really lose at home or anything like that. And they've lost a couple here down the stretch since we last talked. So uh, what do you guys take of this Mitch, Mitch Marner stuff? Like – what how do you guys look into it like is it like yeah he's got these you know he's strung this point streak along and you know hopefully it's you know extends further into the season into the playoffs or is it is he peaking too early and you know worried about him fizzling out down the stretch nah it's all that's happening is that all of the aggressive off-ice uh, encouragements by Paul Marner are finally starting to hit home. So that's really what I'm seeing. Michael, what are you seeing? Um, uh, I, I don't know, but a bit of, a bit of luck involved as well. Like, I mean, a lot of them are assists, right? The guy you're giving the puck, he's got to put the puck in the net. So, I mean, it helps that Johnny Tavares is scoring at a high clip. Taylor likes that. I know that for sure. And um, Marner and Nylander. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah, Mar- I think Nylander had five points the other night, did he not? Saturday. Yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, man, they're just they're playing well. They're playing so well that I feel fucking nervous right now because it, it, they're not just playing well that like they're high flying, winning six five seven five. They're like the fours are playing great defensive mm-hmm. hockey, and that just has me so fucking nervous because i want to be so um like excited about it and acknowledge like yeah man the, the team is playing great hockey but i just hope uh they can be consistent with it throughout the rest of the season like they, they've carried over november that's for sure like they've yeah. been they've been red hot and uh stingy on the back end so i don't know you got to give the credit they are playing very well right now um hey how about mark giordano uh fuck like Fucking. having the best defensive metrics in the NHL. Zio Gio. <laughs> the thing is, though, man, they can't keep throwing them out there as much as they are, right? Like, fucking. Is 24 minutes a night too much? <laughs> Works. Yeah. Jesus. What is he, 39? <laughs> Fuck, man. Guy's like the third or fourth oldest guy in the entire NHL playing yeah. 25 minutes a night. It's sick. He's, just, he's just solid back there. He's like that older dude on your beer league team that you know. 
even though he's a bit slower than the rest of the guys, you know he's just not going to make a mistake. Yeah, and, if, uh, if the slow guy on your beer league team made almost a million dollars minimum wage. But yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, What about Matt Murray? What about uh, his play? Do you guys contribute that to well, being a bit Samson of a factor? Too. And, yeah. and Shalgren yeah. has been brutal, which I'm so happy that uh, the other two are back. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been unbelievable. Um, I, I'm not going to say I told you so to anyone, but... You know, I just I have faith in my guy from Sault Ste. Marie. They saw something in Jackie Campbell that well, at the end of the day, Jack Campbell, the way he played the not even the second half, but really like the latter two thirds of the season last year, was not really instilling much in the way of confidence to Leaf fans. And I think there's some, you know, obviously some other issues there. So um I they he I Highly commend Dubis and their pro scouting staff in identifying because everyone knew, man. I don't know if you guys remember on our group chat a couple of years ago, me saying Matt Murray is going to be a Maple Leaf. Pretty much anyone who played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds is going to be a Maple Leaf under Kyle Dubis's tenure at some point. Even Jared McCann was briefly a Maple Leaf. Um, so and 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 the Connor Timmons is the newest one. But the thing is, is for them to go out and get Samsonov, I, I that one was kind of out of left field for me. But wh- like both of them combined have like a nine thirty save percentage, like it's unbelievable. What are your thoughts, Michael? Well, that, yeah, the goaltending I think has been pretty solid as well. Last week they had back to back shutouts between the two of them. Um, they they just look, both of them look sound in the net. Like none of them are really swimming around. They're kind of both always square to the puck and not out of position, which I think is a good thing. Like I remember when we were kids, Eddie Belfour, like he was never spectacular, like heroic saves, but he was always in position. Right. Um, And the two of them, I don't don't know if it's maybe attributing to the goaltending coach as well. Like, what do you think about that Taylor? You're the goalie, like Curtis Sanford, Owen sounds own Curtis. Or or is it just, I I didn't watch, like I never watched Murray or Samsonov enough to know how they play, or is this just how, you know, goalie coaches are important to a degree, but at the end of the day, you still need the guy to stop the puck. So th- I credit it more to the pro scouting staff in mm-hmm. in picking up Samsonov. Um, do you think? Do you think? Sorry, I cut you off there. Do you sure. think? Fast forwarding now to the spring, come playoff time, I'm assuming Murray's going to start game one if things continue like this. But do you think if Murray, let's say, were to have a week game one? Samsonov starts a second game. Yeah, like, I, sure. do you think they're that confident in the two? For sure, I yeah. think I think Murray Samsonov are as much of a one A one B situation as anyone in the National Hockey League are. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that became such a buzzword that even last year with Campbell and Mrazek, they they would throw around the one A one B term when everyone knew it was Campbell's net. Mrazic. This is truly a one A one B. You know, Mrazic sucks. Mrazic terrible man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, he's st- like I'm, our, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure team. I could have gone and kicked out a couple more than Mrazic did. Like, I mean, terrible. I would have had to stretch a lot, but mm-hmm. anyway, like, and I don't mean stretch like metaphorically. I mean physically get stretching. You know, but uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was tough to watch. But yeah, man, the Leafs are. 
Lisa, humming along, Angelo. What yeah. else have you got for us on the docket? Well, you know, we must talk about uh, Alex Ovechkin as he marches along here. He's, I, I imagine that in the next, let's say, year and a half, that he's going to break Gretzky's record, the all-time goals record. And uh, the Spit and uh, Chicklins guys brought this up on one of the previous podcasts about Washington and going for it, but not in the sense of going for it like a Stanley Cup, but more building the team around to get Ovi to this record. And even with, you know, Washington still being a contender, you know, having Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, you have Carlson on the back end. They did sign Darcy Kemper, Darcy Kemper, excuse me, to um pretty lengthy contract. You know, are we, do you guys think that Washington has shifted their focus more from, trying to win a Stanley cup, having won one, you know, a couple of years back and now having their focus more on trying to get over this record, trying to do whatever possible to, you know, surround them with these pieces so that we can get him a Stanley cup. Uh, sorry, not a Stanley cup, the goals record, as opposed to a Stanley cup and adding to his legacy. Um, You know what? I, I, it's hard to say if they'll do that. Um, I don't think it's smart for them to do that. Uh, to build a team strictly around Ovechkin breaking a goal record. You know what I mean? Because then after he's gone, then they're going to have to deal with, with the moves they made just for that. Uh, plus, I don't know if Ovechkin necessarily would want the Capitals to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say he, he wanted to break or catch Gretzky or break the record the right way. Uh, and I think that means just continuing to play and, and doing what's best for the team and mm-hmm. If he breaks a record, he breaks a record. Like yeah. I don't think he would want them to do anything different just for him to to catch Gretzky. But that's what I think. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Well, I it kind of is one of these things that it reminds me of the the saying, the old adage: the best defense is a good offense. Mm-hmm. The best way for the the Capitals to help Ovechkin win. Or, or not win, you know, win scoring titles, uh, but to actually catch Gretzky in his record is to be good, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. I, I think it's one of those contrived talking points that happens in the NHL media midseason like this. Um, but, you know, I, I don't doubt that the Capitals are trying their best to win hockey games. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't really love their team makeup. You know, the year they won the cup, that core that won the cup, I always thought was kind of at the tail end, kind of like, and even age range, they're of the same age group of your LA Kings and your Chicago Blackhawks uh, of successful teams. Right. So the year they won the cup, I thought that was like kind of the final straw, but they kind of, took it the other way and they were like, okay, well let's build off this one. In reality, the hardest thing to do is to retool a winner. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If you look at the 92 and 93 blue Jays, they were very two, two very different ball teams that mm-hmm. won back to back. You know, but Pat Gillick identified that the team needs to upgrade if they want to win again. That's what I think the capitals missed in this situation. But um yeah, we'll see. I think I think some big changes are coming for for that for that entire roster if they expect to be a successful team again. Mm-hmm. Um, and until that happens, they're not going to win many games. How how much do you think the you know 
after they won the cup, the big the big thing was them not being able to re-sign Barry Trotz and letting him go. Do you think that maybe has really a bigger had a bigger effect, a longer lasting effect on the team because they brought in a coach? He didn't survive. I think was it two or three seasons before he was canned. And yeah, they brought in Peter Laviolette, but you know. The story we all know the story with with Laviolette too, right? He he does have success. He wins he wins hockey games, but at certain points his message runs dry. And it happened in Carolina. It happened in Nashville. You know the the message runs dry with him. So do you think that has you know something to do with even the window for the Capitals, the aging Capitals? You know, does it put them in that sort of realm now? Is that the missed opportunity that they they had when they let him go? Uh, I don't know because I think Trotz was good for that roster, and and like Taylor said, it was an aging roster, and, mm-hmm. and I think Trotz helped them get over that hump. Yeah. But also, what Taylor kind of alluded to, I think they were also at the end of their lifespan as a team. Yeah, so I don't think bringing Trotz back necessarily. I, they weren't winning the cup in the next year mm-hmm. if Trotz came back. I, I really, truly don't think yeah. that. Um, because I think they had worked this entire time to get to the peak it took them longer and and the team peaked when they when they had won mm-hmm. so i don't think trots trots uh would have made a difference but what what do you guys think on that like well i think trots for what i, I don't know man that was also trots first and only cup right yes yeah, because he was in so, Nashville forever. That's a tricky one, man. I really like Barry Trotz as a coach, mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to interview him uh, in person in New York for the Rich Clune film. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone I've talked to that played for him absolutely adores him. Mm-hmm. Um, but to Michael's point, I don't really think a co- the horses are still the horses, right? So. Yeah. Barry Trotz, yes, I think is a great coach and gets mm-hmm. people to play for him, but I don't think he would have made that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Angela, Angela, do you think uh oh sorry, answer and then I'm gonna ask you something. No, I I do think that like like you said, I, there's part of me that thinks that maybe they win more hockey games and maybe they win a series here and there. Cause I don't I don't think since they've won the cup either, they've they've gotten out of the first round. Like I if I'm not mistaken. They might maybe they went a little bit farther the first year after winning the cup, but I believe that they've had little success in the playoffs. So that window for them, like you mentioned, they are, the caps are an aging team. And if you go and look at the roster makeup, like you were saying, it's a lot of old guys. It's a lot of guys on expiring contracts now too. Like Nick Backstrom's not there anymore. He's not playing. Right. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, it seems like the capitals, even though Mike was mentioning, like, you know, you want Ovi kind of wants to do it the right way. I think that they're going to set it up that every chance they can, they're going to give over the puck to get him to score and get him closer and closer to that record of Gretzky. Yeah, but you know how long you're going to have to play like that? He's, he's 99 goals away, right? Like, well, you know what? It's one thing if you're trying to get a guy his his 50th of the yeah. season. but like, how, how long has he been in the NHL for, but, what, 2006? He, he, he scores from the same spot every No, time. I know, I know. But this is what I was, <laughs> was going to ask you. Do you think Ovi – Ties or breaks that record in a Capitals jersey, or do you yes. think he gets yes. moved next season? Undoubtedly, yes. I, I I think he's I think he's there for maybe at the the last last year of his yeah. contract. He's, he's got two years after this season left. Is Ted Leonsis still the owner there? Yes, he is. I'm just looking it up. 
I believe he is. He it? lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Hey, remember? I still remember when they brought in Yarmer Yager and he was like making out with Yager's uh, mullet during the during the. <laughs> He like lost a ton of like he must have lost legitimately like a hundred pounds. Too much right. Greek. Food this is that. this is what I'll say. Looking at his, uh, this is what'll happen. I think that in the last year of his contract is when he will break it, but he'll do it just before the trade deadline, and then they'll oh, ship him out for for picks. I don't think so, man. I I don't think so. You're thinking he's gonna do like the Matt Sundin or Daniel Alfredson thing, right? Or Mike Medano, the the No, but I I iconic, think the the Hall of Fame career. I was thinking more Thomas Placanich where he goes and plays. Oh, <laughs> don't for... not you not the inch, man. No, no, no. Listen, no, no. I what I, what I'm saying it's been is been a tough 20 years as yeah, a yeah, No, but what I'm <laughs> saying not... is Hang on, hang on. Placanich's hold name. on, hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. Because if you looked at Placanich, he got traded to the Leafs, but then he came back to Montreal, played a couple of games, then he retired a half. I think that that might happen down the line because Ovi's contract, what's it going to be? What is he going to sign one year deals the rest of the way? Well, okay, so so twenty five twenty six. Happening. Thomas Placanich's only way to get into the Hall of Fame is through the front door. Twenty five bucks, buddy. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I think that he at the in the he'll have broken it by the time he's in that final year of the deal, and that's when they'll they'll end up parting ways with him, like they'll end up trading him to a cup contender, try and get him one last cup for his legacy because they'll know that he's gonna probably retire at that point, and then he'll sign a one day contract with the Capitals to retire a Capital, and they'll call it a day. That's what I think at least. Taylor's not happy about myself. Okay, Claude Giroux. Does Claude Giroux do a little bit better? At least he went home after. He got yeah, his I mean, game. Giroux, I love what Giroux did going to mm-hmm. Ottawa. I yeah. think it's really cool, too, because Giroux still has a lot of good hockey years left yeah. in him. Um, they're kind of apples and oranges, right? Um, but, it, like, Michael, wouldn't you say Giroux's – Giroux going to Ottawa is – less like Sundin or Alfredson going like to their tail end of their career. He, he's more like Messier or, you know, Giroux, we can't even put on the same ilk as Messier, but you know, he's still very much in the prime of his career or, or the latter half of his prime. No. Yeah. He's got hockey left in him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But do you think Ottawa's going to be a competitive team in the next couple of years? I thought they'd be this year. Yeah, I didn't think they would struggle as much as they they are. Angelo, what do you what do you think? I I I, I kind of laugh because last year Pierre Dorian did say the rebuild is over. Yeah, and realistically, they're at the they're at the tail they're at the bottom near the bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah, you know they lost Stutzla last night. You know they traded for Alex DeBrinket and they brought in Claude Giroux and traded for Cam Talbot. Did all these things, but. It's still the same Ottawa Senators. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that, you know, I still don't think they're a top team. And they're not even, like, top five in, in the in the Atlantic right now. Like, yeah. It's kind of a tough look for a team that has made all these moves to try to, to go for it. Buffalo for last yeah. the Brinkat, the Brinkat has not been that great. Like, yeah. he's kind of sneakily turning into the whipping boy over there, mm-hmm. too. And, and then they lost what? that Foreman 10, uh, who I think 
it was involved with the world junior debacle, right? Yeah, so he's yeah. kind of gone. And then Josh Norris, uh, yeah, losing uh, Norris for the for the, se- for the for season, pretty much the season. And Shabbat's been hurt a little bit. And 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 to be fair, like they just haven't got the same level of goaltending out of like Forsberg. Like Forsberg, mm-hmm. when he played last year, was one of the top players, uh, one of the top goalies in the league. Yeah. Although Talbot, I'm just looking at Talbot's numbers aren't too bad. You know, they're still so young, man. I'm looking at the birth dates. Stutzla, 02, Kachuk, 99, Debrinkat, even, 97, Batherson, 98, Pinto, 2000, Jake Sanderson, 02. Like, these are – it's a young team. So, still still looking up, this Eric Brandstrom has been a problem for them because they – he was the big get for them on the return on the Mark Stone deal. They're not really happy about how that's gone. Um, I'm just looking. He's got three points in 28 games. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his fifth NHL season. This is like the year to take a big step. But yeah. anyway, what do we got? What else have we got coming up? Well, here? you were mentioning about the uh, the NHL awards. The NBA recently re- renamed some of their league awards, their player awards. And you were mentioning about uh, – you know, what about if the NHL did the same and got rid right. of some of their trophies that are named after, you know, older gentlemen of the game, let's say. Right. Well, you know, here's one interesting thing there. So before it used to be just the Kia NBA most valuable player. <laughs> That's the only thing is everyone's talking about, you know, oh, shouldn't should we rename our trophies in all these different leagues, right? Because mm-hmm. the NBA is changing there as well. The the National Basketball Association most valuable player presented by Kia doesn't quite have the same historical <laughs> component to it as say like the Hart Trophy might mm-hmm. or some of the other ones. But yeah, the, since we're on to this topic, I think we should talk about this. So mm-hmm. I I was going to pick four awards. I'll pick five awards. Okay. So the Hart Trophy, which is the NHL's MVP, mm-hmm. the Art Ross Trophy, which is the leading scorer in the NHL. We already have the Maurice Rocket Richard, so they're never going to change that name. Um, but I was going to do the Jack Adams, the Norris, and the Calder. No. And the Vesna. All right. Oh, boy. You got six to choose from, fellas. Oh, we we know the so here's here's my question to you. What's going to be the Gretzky Trophy? Because they could all be the Gretzky Trophy. Even even the Vesna could be the Gretzky Trophy. <laughs> Good have zero, Angelo, zero, I'll six. start with you. Go ahead. Uh, I, I would say the Gretzky Trophy. Uh, you know, it it's hard to say not the heart, but I would have to go for Gretzky, the Art Ross. I think that's being the guy who has every individual point award in NHL history and being as the Art Rosses for whoever has the most points in a regular season, I feel that it's only fitting that it would be him, you know, having the honor of having the award named after him because the heart, it's it, it can go so many ways. There's so many people it, it can be named, so many people who have been multiple winners in throughout the NHL's history. So it's, I don't know who to, who would name that one after, but I would say definitely the Art Ross you could rename um, after Wayne Gretzky 100%. I 
I'd have no problem if they if they did that. I think it would be only only fitting way to honor the player that you know we call the great one. Okay, so who do you name the Hart Trophy after? Uh, get back because I'm it. with you. I, I I I'll do this joint with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what about I, what about? Oh. I would do Gordy Howe for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, yeah, because he also played the longest. Mm-hmm. He played in was it five decades? Right, eighties, seventies, sixties, fifties, and forties, um, and he won it six times mm-hmm. himself. Right, so he's got the most games played. He's got six, which I think is the second most. So you know, if you were to do the Art Ross for the Gretzky, yeah, and, and then how, and then, so who would your two of those be, Michael? For those two trophies you just named, yeah. I well, I I agree with those. Like I I think you got to go Gretzky for the Art Ross without a doubt. Um, and I was thinking the same thing for the Hart. I was thinking Gordy Howard or Bobby Orr, but I think Bobby Orr obviously would have to be. You can't. The there's Norris. no other Norris Trophy you could ever give that to. You can't rename like he's the greatest defenseman ever until yeah. Kale well, McCart knocks him off one day, maybe. But but. Uh, See, I don't mind the idea of, of changing the names of the trophies either. Um, just because it's been we're past the hundred year mark, right, for the league. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it's I think it's kind of time now to honor other guys that have played later in that in that century, right? Mm-hmm. Like Vesna, I would even go Marty Broder for the Vesna. I don't know what you guys would would I know oh, Angelo oh, say Patrick. Oh, I could oh, see oh. the fucking steam <laughs> coming out of his ears. <laughs> Because I didn't say Patrick Waugh. I think Marty Broder is a better goalie than Patrick no, Waugh. I'm not I'm even a Patrick. Fucking, Are you I'm talking about right Angelo? Who's, I'm who's... talking to Angelo right now. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey, Patrick Waugh is a better goalie. He played with nobody in front of him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking right, dude. Are you kidding me? Hey, he won it as a rookie. Uh, oh, you're talking about as the Habs. I, uh, man, no, the but Colorado even I don't know when he was in Colorado. That was were, like the best teams ever. I, I, I think that, that would probably be the, the one that would be up for debate. Uh, the whole time is are you gonna name after Patrick or are you gonna name after Marty? Like because both guys, you know, really did change the did change the game of goaltending. Both in their eras were arguably the best of the best, like all time. Yeah. Like even players in the NHL, they you can argue that they were you know top five of all time. But that's a another I, argument. That would be another argument for another day. You guys can talk about all these Quebec goalies all you want. There is one winner. Darren Poopa? And it is not Darren Poopa. No, His name I... is Dominique Hasek. He, it's the Dominic Hasek trophy. Everyone else falls way below that. Adjusted for era, Dominic Hasek is the greatest goalie ever to play hockey, period. And he's like the most unique. He played hockey the way... Shoei Otani plays baseball, man. Like, there's no one like him, you know. Um, and also, he didn't come to the NHL till I think he was. Well, I'll tell you, he came to the NHL in 1990. He was 26, man, was his first year in the NHL. So, and he still went on to play 735 games with a career 922 save percentage between 1993. And 1999, every single year, he led the NHL in save percentage. 
Taylor, are including, you reading us your fucking grade seven speech right now, buddy? Including a 99, he had a 937 save percentage, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't figured out who I'm talking about yet, it's the Dominator. <laughs> Good afternoon, classmates and, and teachers. Thank you for uh, joining us. My name is Taylor Presage, and my speech is going to be on Dominic Hasek from Pardubice, Czechoslovakia. Well, who? On okay, the all right. Let's move on. We're all divided. So, oh, Christian, what's nice. up, guys? Can you nice hear me? Lighter, bud. Oh yeah, yeah. You can hear me. Thanks, buddy. Something Christian, sharp. Christian's uh, Vesna rename is Eddie Belfort, but it has to be like, like nineties, <laughs> late nineties Dallas Stars era Belfort. Well, yeah, I didn't want to cut you guys off when I hopped in here, but I knew you were talking about the Ed Belfour Award as soon as I hopped in, <laughs> the renaming of awards. And I just pictured back on the the Taylor saying his uh, his Dominic Hasek speech to the class. I picture him lying on the ground like a French painting to like Dominic <laughs> Hasek while showing what kind of moves he had out there on the ice. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot you're a massive Hasek guy. Taylor. Dude, I went on a spiel there and kind of got lost a little bit. And then <laughs> Mike, Michael had to reel me back in. <laughs> I didn't even look at the time, man. I just started talking. Dude, I, I'm so... I might have to do my next movie on Dominic Hasek, bro. That's how much I'm fucking impassioned by this guy. He was the greatest ever. So much so that in 1982... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, anyways, Christian, we're talking about uh, the NBA renaming awards, and if mm-hmm. the NHL were to do it, kind of who who would be picked for what? Um, Ooh, that's a good call. Yeah, kind of the consensus between us was the uh, Art Ross would get renamed the Wayne Gretzky Award. Um, the Hart, yeah. the Hart, the Gordy Howe. Um, I threw Bobby Orr out there for the Norris. And Did these then, guys say? Uh, no one's gonna fight that. Yeah, we 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 got. We, we started. We started. Goalies. And then the goalies. I I said Broder, and I thought Lippo was gonna blow a gasket. Yeah, I was ready to fight. I, I, I was ready to do the seven hour commute back, back, buddy. I was ready oh, to drive man. seven hours just to fight you right now. I'll yeah. do it, Angelo. Angelo. <laughs> Angelo is like, you can't rename that. This George Vezna, man. <laughs> no, you can rename it after. I I'd be okay. It's gonna be named after a guy from Quebec. Figure it might as well be Marty or at least Patrick, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna name it no. after one of them. I'm guessing uh, we're we're four different ways on the Vesna then, eh? If I'm we are, out yeah. Eddie and so. he's throwing out Dominator. Then we got Michael throwing out Marty and obviously Wah slash Jose Theodore for <laughs> Lippa. <laughs> I was thinking more Cristobal Huey, but I don't know if I would have gotten the traction for that one. You threw PK out for Norris, don't oh, lie. No, no, no. <laughs> Sheldon Surrey, man. Come on. Oh, man. You respect oh, that man. shot from the point. Hey, that true story. I almost ended up being related to Jose Theodore. I'll I'll save that for a story off. <laughs> Actually, that no, nah, yeah, nope. We'll talk about that off the air. But I, I you think know what's what... funny is those are the four titans. When I think of like, because I used to have posters up like wall to wall. That was a real nineties thing, eh? Like having the posters covering the walls. Oh, but yeah. I remember I had a poster of like you know. Ice cold, or whatever. Like yeah, the goalies, like like some headline and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nineties. I'm pretty sure those were the four goalies, right? Like when you think of like the 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 
Mount Rushmore of, of goalies of our era. It really was Brodeur, Waugh, mm-hmm. uh, Hashik, Hashik first, obviously, and then Belfour, you know? Yeah, and then you'd have like right you had your guys floating around like your Mike Richters and your Cujos and John Van Beesbrooks, you know. And pretty what a, pretty good group to be buddy, floating around in the green room. Yeah, buddy, yeah. What an era of goalies, Grant Fear, like the nineties, and they buddy, all had Felix Potman, buddy, mask. early nineties. You're probably Felix Potman, yeah. and they all had wicked fucking masks. Yeah, Dude, the best masks, the too. best pads. They all had their own. They also. They're all their own characters, man. Yeah. They, they all, don't do they that. Also anymore. played the position their own way, each yeah. of them. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. dude, that's why I became a goalie, man. It was fucking crazy. What do you yeah, what do you think? What same. do you think happened to that? Why why the era kind of went away like that? Where in the nineties you had everyone kind of had their own style. Like Patrick was Patrick, Marty was Marty. Well, every goalie plays the butterfly, man. They all play yeah. the exact same they, way, right? The like, problem is, is is goalie coach. Access to video, all that stuff is a big part of it. So everyone's trying to match each other. So, for example, every goalie in the NHL now does a technique called the RVH, which was created by Jonathan Quick, Mm -hmm. right? Jonathan Quick wins two cups. He's the most flexible goalie in the NHL. Everyone copies it. It's become a copycat league in every way, shape, or form. It's not just the goalies. Players are all kind of playing a similar way, right? So that's why uh, that's why I think it is, you know, there's just access to information in ways that guys didn't have before, you know. Okay, but goalies could at least get the like the signature masks going, you know yeah, what like, I mean? Like the mask is kind of masks kind of went away, right? Boring, man. Dude, Especially- when the Leafs were on the Schneid at the beginning of the season, one of <laughs> oh. like one of Chikin's biggest fucking beefs was like how shitty the goalie masks. <laughs> well, they are both masks are fucking terrible. Like, as if that has anything to do with wins and losses. Literally had this conversation with Michael like last weekend about Matt Murray's mask. Him going off about how it's such a shit mask. Yeah, that is shit. And Samsonov has like the white uh piping on the trim of the mask. It looks so bush, bro. Yeah, it's does. very American league, you know. Do you think, well, since we're we'll finish off the last. What was the last two? Uh, no, we've got Jack Adams, more. dude. Jack <laughs> Adams, Jack Adams. Let's go, Pat Burns Award. Boom, done. Next. No, who who who's Pat the Jack Quinn. Adams Award? Burns it's be Scotty Bowman. I would Bowman. say I would say, I would say Bowman, Scotty yeah. for sure. Just the amount of winning that he did in three different cities. You know, even four different cities too, because he took St. Louis before uh, to the cup when they were in their expansion years too like yeah hard to argue yeah. him not being i mean old. yeah you you got to go bowman or or the sheldon keith award right like <laughs> yo was it <laughs> <laughs> was it, uh, was it uh, uh, i i'm i'm not totally against that um wasn't um didn't Scotty Bowman win it with the Penguins, bro? Yeah, he won it with yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, he did. He won back one with the back. Penguins. Looking this up. Didn't he win two with the Penguins? No, no only, I think he, he won, won one. I think he oh. bailed. He won in what year was it? I think it was the... Um, okay, was so Scotty Bowman. He won it in the 92-93 season. I, I, re- I read Bowman's book last year. Dude, was, yeah, I read yeah. it too. So no, Pat not Burns, with, not by the way, Montreal, Pat no, Burns has no, more. Montreal wins. won in 92, 93. Literally. No, no, no. Montreal, 
Oh, sorry, it wasn't night. Okay, sorry, I'm we're wrong. Talking about cups or Jack Adams awards. Sorry, yeah, what are we talking about? Cups. So, what year was it? Scotty sorry, Bowman like... has a shit ton of cups, but in terms of Jack yeah. Adams awards, Pat mm-hmm. Burns actually has the most. No, he has win. three. He did. He did win everywhere he went. He was the the guy to turn around and. Well, there you go, fucking Pat Burns. It was uh, sorry, Mikey. It was ninety one, ninety two. Sorry, I got my years. Uh, I was going to say, you're, you're my a vote. Fan. Let's, let's, come on, sorry. My vote is Pat Burns. You wouldn't get. A, I wouldn't argue that. He was. A, he was a winner right everywhere he went. He turned how many franchises around? No matter what, like it didn't matter where he went. It was like he did. He did the job and he got it done and he brought the teams major success. Hey, can I make you guys barf for a quick sec? You know who has the second most tied for the second most Jack Adams awards? Mike Babcock. John Tortorella. No, he doesn't. Torts, does he? Oh, God. It's only two because the award just came out in 73, 74. So they've only been, it's not like the heart, the heart trophy has been around 100 years, right? Yeah. So Pat Burns has the most with three. Mm hmm. And then, oh, you know what? I changed my vote. Don Cherry, the Don Cherry Award. Okay. Christian, Michael, who's who? Who who are you voting? Pat Burns, man. I fucking already said Pat Burns. I thought you were Pat Quinn. Let me pick the other Pat. I said it to be different, but no, Quinn's, I go Pat Quinn's on here twice too, Mikey. Oh then Pat Quinn, <laughs> the big Irishman. <laughs> The big Irishman. Honestly, Christian, I'm, we I'm... already know we already know Christian's Bruce Boudreau. Let's go on to the next. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm cool with either one of those. I'm just call it the Pat Award. Just yeah. give it to both of them. Yeah. Um okay, so uh the Calder trophy. Who uh do you know who has the most Calder trophies, Angelo? <laughs> Calder cups or Calder trophies? Which would you prefer? I just, I wanted to see if you bite on that, man. That would have been sick. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, you it's Cole it? Caulfield. You know who 44 goals last year. You what, know who you doesn't have a Calder trophy? Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, Why is that? Wasn't it because he was in the WHL there or whatever it was? Or WHA, excuse me, not WHL. That is right. Okay, so uh, the Calder trophy. Uh, my vote is... Uh, the Andrew Raycroft trophy um, after his big win in 0304 with the Boston Bruins. Um, who do you guys vote for? Uh, I have to go probably the greatest rookie that besides Gretzky that never won it, but got to go with the Michael Bunting award. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going Sergey Samsonov for sure. Uh, that's sick. Uh, you can't. I don't know. You can't rename that fucking award. How are you going to rename it? Who's the greatest rookie ever? Well, I can tell you this: Frank Calder wasn't that good of a rookie. <laughs> Connie he never won it either. Kanye? No, Connie. Con- oh, Connor McDavid. I... Yeah, true. Because he got hurt, and twenty-six-year-old Artemi Panarin led up the <laughs> league. Wow, <laughs> McDiesel. But I would vote Team Mussolini if we're going to change that one. Oh, yeah. true. Because no one's going to touch that season. Mm-hmm. McDavid, maybe if he didn't get hurt as a rookie, but that season was nasty. What about the Sergei Makarov award? Because they changed the rules after him because he was 31 when he won it. 
nothing. <laughs> I had six kids. <laughs> One of them was in the NHL with them. <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude, you know what's crazy? And I didn't know this. Eddie Belfour won the Calder Trophy in 1991 as a 25-year-old. It's fucking wicked, man. That's wild, too. I feel like goalies, it's a little bit different. Yeah, if a goal if a goalie kind of gets if, if a goalie gets rolling, right? They you know they can win the award. Like Belfour was one, Broder was one. Uh if I'm not mistaken, no, no, no. Uh Dryden was the other one. Chicago and, had both guys at the same time. Yeah. Belfour Hashik back yeah. in the day. Oh, so good. There's that story. I don't know if it's true or not. Of Belfour supposedly shipping off Hasek's pads, so he wouldn't get the start, and Belfour had to had to be the only starter. It sounds like an Eddie Belfour thing yeah, to do, especially so... back then. Is that a yeah. real story? It's what I've heard. I don't know if it's real or not, but I really hope that it is. So you're telling me the best insider info that you've ever provided us? <laughs> drop on us of the fucking. Dude, you just dropped that on us like fucking Owen Hart coming into the ring from the fucking Man. Oh, hey. What the fuck? Oh, Man. What? <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> why you gotta go why you gotta go after Owen Hart like that, man? Fucking Hart Foundation. Right. I'm laughing at Lippa saying too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Still too soon. It's what, 25 years, I think? Uh, it's been longer than that. To be fair, he was the blue blazer at that mm-hmm. time. He wasn't really Owen Hart, so RIP. All right. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, so now that we've got that sorted, um, Christian, quick question for you. What other insider info do you have for us this week? By the way, we didn't even properly introduce him. Uh, bringing in our TSN Edge insider, Christian Marin. Christian, what sort of insider info do you have for us this week? What's going on, guys? Hey, do you know when the Haley Wickenheiser documentary is going to premiere on TSN? That I do not. I know nothing about programming. I think it's at 9 p.m. next Monday. Are you looking forward to that? I'm looking forward to it now. Right on. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Yeah. Listen, listen to I, the music in the intro and outro, buddy. Can I get your TSN login <laughs> to watch it, please? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't get the TV. discount? <laughs> you didn't get the no, Bell Media family no. discount? Well, I'm looking for it. No, I don't have I don't have Bell, so right. well, I don't have <laughs> I, I got that discount. I got to talk to something, man. I know some people over there, um, so... I know, I know the folks. I know, I know the people. folks at TSN Edge. <laughs> I don't have much insider insider info right now for you guys, other than uh, just plan ahead for that for Morocco to lift the World Cup on Sunday. Oh, you think that's gonna happen? I hope so. Put a, I, put a, I, I I I just put have a five dollar a... bet on it. Oh. <laughs> Pays out a hundred. Let's oh, go. Wow. Sure. I know what you gonna do. Hey, so what's your insider info? What are you gonna do with that hunch if you win it? Um, maybe surely you have insider on that. Jason Robertson to win the Rocket Richard Trophy. You reckon? You talking about Nick Robertson's brother? 
<laughs> yeah, same the same fellow. Another <laughs> <laughs> breakout year. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, Christian, what I, what I really want to know before we ask you more NHL stuff, um, can you explain to me why Jordan Bennington, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Philip Grubauer plus a first and a second was vetoed in our league uh, for Nathan McKinney, Logan Thompson, and Matt Murray in a ninth and a tenth? Yeah, if any, I'm, if any I'm, insider information as to why bro, that I'm, trade was vetoed, <laughs> we've asked say, every, we've believe, asked everybody, and nobody, everyone, no one's fessing up to it. So I'm coming to the source. Well, we got to say, um, whoever wins this year is going to lose some of that pot money because we've hired some investigators to look into who's That's been right. vetoing yeah, we these have, trades. Because yeah. we have our I best men say, on it. I, the first one, I don't know how that one got traded. I'm uh, uh, vetoed. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I know, look, Mikey's shaking. He's still trying to figure out how that one got vetoed too. And that other one went through. That, that got vetoed a bunch of times, and that one went through. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on with these. Uh, League transactions right now. You know, if something's you going on. Make a trade enough times, eventually people will get sick of ve- vetoing them. Is was my attitude there. That's, that's true. Michael, it's just like we're running what, FIFA what here. Hey, Taylor is like FIFA was... right now. This fantasy <laughs> league, just so much corruption. <laughs> Fucking horseshit, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here it we is go. fucking so horseshit. Michael, tell us. I don't get why. I don't get why I can why I can make that move. To set myself up for years to come, okay? <laughs> and I'm still not going to finish last because there's fucking teams worse than me. So, and everyone's got a fucking problem with it. Why? I want to know why everyone's got a problem with it. Because the rest of the guys are fucking losers. They're sitting at home <laughs> on a fucking Friday with nothing else to do. Then look at their fucking Yahoo and say, you Hammer know what? This is, this is fucking bullshit. Let me have an in-depth look at this. I don't look at what's going on with the other trades because I got fucking shit going on in my life. <laughs> These fucking guys are at home and they're all fucking pissy about this fucking trade, man. Like, holy fuck. Don't you think it was a little bit and... sketchy, the trade? No, it wasn't sketchy at all, man. Fair deal. Fair deal. I think you have to do what Taylor was saying. I think you just have to keep sending it through. Send it 50 more times. And, so. yeah, and, and, and honestly, these other fucking guys all send the stupidest trades four days into the season. Like, they're notorious for blowing up their team. Yeah. My, okay? my favorite so, is... So uh, that, that's what drove me nuts, man. Okay? Teddy, that's what drove me nuts. My favorite is uh, Trader Teddy. He's at... Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. He's the loudest, at, too, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can hear him. So we're... We're at week 11 of week 10 of the hockey season, right? Um, it, it's not even Christmas yet, guys. Like the season goes till June. Now, mind you, our season wraps up the last week of the regular season, but he's at 37 moves. That's enough to change your roster twice. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of moves. <laughs> like, dude, anyways, whatever, man. I don't fucking care. But why? So why were you so upset about it, though? Well, because I was because <laughs> he just wants the first round pick. That's all he was. That's all he wants. I, yeah, I, I was literally in my head. You want to create a dynasty in future yeah. years, but the guys yeah. don't want to let you have it. Yeah, he wants want, McDo- want He wants Leon it. and fucking McDavid. For so here's my years. question: Were you not at all nervous when you were giving away the farm there that you were going to end up not with a good pick because of the lottery system that? The people at the bottom of the pool want to get on it. No, man. I was by the year of a the year of a draft. No, to have four picks in the first two rounds, regardless, I was feeling confident. But it's not gonna happen. And 
whatever. We might as well move on from this. Why don't you just try and add another draft pick to balance out the trade and then it won't get vetoed? Because it'll get vetoed for some stupid fucking reason. <laughs> I don't think it will, man. Honestly, the boys for it, it's the boys from fucking. Dude, that's sour. That's all You're I'm not gonna, gonna set yourself say. up for years to come because you come. No, you know how sour I am. I, I literally almost just put everyone on my bench for the rest of the season, and just <laughs> purposely fucking threw the towel. Oh, that that's how, that's how pissed the I whole was. tank tank all the way. Yeah, the rest of the season just fucking sewer the league, but just, then you yeah, end up yeah. stuck at Dom's cousin's place, fucking eating veal for six hours. Who's or... upset nothing about that? Nothing wrong with that. Who's upset, upset about that? Yeah, I still think the I think whoever wins the league should get to go to this too. Yeah, yeah like, I'm not deals. upset about that. Fuck. One of the guys, I forget who it was, might have been Andrew. It's like that sounds more like a reward. Yeah, it is a reward. Yeah, it is. Boys, we're we're way off the track. Yeah, here. sorry, we're we way got... off the track. Sorry, we got you off track there, buddy. I apologize, but. Yeah, uh, so so our 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 uh, by the way for our listeners that are not involved in the hockey pool, we have a last place. We have a lottery system every few years where we reset our hockey uh, draft uh, picks and our pool and our keepers, and um, it's a lottery system. So you could come in last and in theory not get the first overall pick, but if you come in last regardless, starting this year, there's a punishment involved and and what the partial consensus so far is to be stuck in a, a joint in Northern Toronto where you would, you, you'd have to eat a veal every hour uh, to shave an hour off of being stuck in that place. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we have, we have four teams who have 30 plus moves, five with 27 plus moves so far this year. Dude, that's why, that's why that we're all in the teens. Yeah. Michael's at 10. That's what drove me nuts. Like, Fuck these fucking guys. Anyways, uh, hey, a quick question before we get just completely move off of it: Is there any chance Portuguese buns ever gets out of the basement, man? Like, what is like they just hit this rate with his seven moves? They're the Cleveland the Browns. Yeah, he's the Cleveland Browns of so much. He went, he went. He went for it last year and didn't work out for him. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's true. And now I think. I think he thinks that he's going to end up with the first overall pick in Connor McDavid because he finishes last, but then he's going to. I, I heard, I heard there's uh, a lottery system. You think place. McDiesel goes first overall? I bet you if Riding was to get it, he'd take Matthews. Well, as we, yeah, as we learned a couple of years ago, yeah. Matthews might go first <laughs> overall. I thought he was kidding when he Dude, said that. Dude, McDavid went fifth. Do you not remember? No. I remember, th- no, was, I think McKinnon dropped to fifth. McKinnon McDavid went two because I thought I was going to get McKinnon. Yeah. Want, All right, <laughs> the four people listening right now are just fucking enthralled with this conversation. What, you guys want? We're not going to talk about Asa Kira Schmidt. Do you guys? Do you guys want to take it to uh, quick hits or what? While we got Christian here, the insider. Yeah, Christian, stay yeah. on the line, man. Or quick yeah, shifts. Yeah, we'll keep. Cr- we might as well since it's all soccer and stay on the line, man. We're not going to well, be talking we, anything. Where else, you right? got to be. I got pasta waiting for me. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do this. Let's go. We got to yeah. talk about your your dietary habits. Every time we talk, you're always eating too late, man. It's too late at night, man. Okay. He's, he's working it's late, nice. man. Yeah, sports broadcasting world. Yeah. We're up, the Leafs are up four zip with 19 minutes and 35 the seconds. The Nylander score, I haven't yeah, been one of my fantasy leagues. Shitty Anaheim Ducks. How many yeah. shots do the Leafs have? 56? All right, so 31. quick shifts. Quick shifts here. Quick, quick shifts. The Team segment Canada. of the show. Yeah, the segment of the show where we focus on the other sports going on in the world. And, you know, we talked about it last podcast. 
Team Canada. Unfortunately, did not qualify uh, after the group stages. They were bounced after losing to both Belgium, Croatia, and Monaco. And they managed to did score a goal for the first time in World Cup history. And go figure was Alfonso Davies, even though he missed the penalty shot in the Belgium game. But uh, takeaway from the three games that Canada played, I, I didn't think they played horribly bad. I think the Belgium game, they were good. Uh, the game against Croatia, it seemed like some tactics could have been switched after scoring the first goal. And the Morocco game, yeah, well, we see how far two of those teams have went so far in the World Cup. What are your takes on it, boys? We'll start with our soccer expert who's still co- cooling off here. Mikey, go with you, buddy. I think the first game was very promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a bit of false hope because once we saw how bad Belgium actually was, um, kind of killed that vibe a little bit. Um, you know, the Croatia game, I think they should have changed tactics. Yeah, earlier on, Ativa Hutchinson should not have played that game, especially the pace they played the first game with. The guy's like almost 40 years old. You can't mm-hmm. play four days later. Um, and so they kind of got what they deserved with that one, with uh, the tactics and the way they played. And then the last game was a close one. would have been nice if they could have got the draw, but I think all in all... Um, it also didn't mean anything. Yeah, but you still want to go out and, and get oh. some sort of result. But they played all right. I find it kind of annoying, like the the coverage, the Canadian coverage, and everyone's just kind of praising them because they scored two goals. Like, if you want to be respected and be a proper footballing or soccer nation, like, you got to ask questions of, of some of the decisions Herdman made. Um in that second game and because that that was key i think he should have made different decisions with the lineup and no one no one had the goal to ask him that instead of everyone was just praising him so i think going forward it's a good step but but it's going to be mickey mouse until we actually um start thinking like a footballing nation and, mm-hmm. and want to win i just want to be there and score a fucking goal and celebrate it for four years so that's my take on it so um, I'm I'm with you there, Mikey. I I think we're too quickly to give uh give ourselves a participation uh ribbon on it, and uh, the team was there, and the team was legit. And you look at some of the other rosters that are competitive. One thing not to be undermined: Leaf scored again, make it five nothing, and uh, it's a deep drive, and Castellanos will make that a four nothing ball game. Uh, sorry, that's a that's a reference from Twitter. So. Um, the one thing is that if, if Canada had beaten Belgium, I think we're having a completely different conversation. Okay. (laughs) So I totally respect everything you're saying, Mike. And I actually 100% agree. Atiba Hutchinson should not have started over junior Hoylet. Okay. Um, the fact that Hoylet, who's arguably the third best player on the entire roster, sat on the bench for the first 80 minutes of the game is embarrassing. Um, and and then secondly, the shit with the with the saying F Croatia or whatever was poorly like that was that was a rookie coach move, you know, especially by such a proud nation like Croatia. Yeah, it just added so much fuel to the fire there. All these young countries in the world are so, so nationalistic. So to say fuck your country basically is not uh, really. 
it's actually usually never a good idea to say that mm-hmm. in the media. So I think he learned something there, but not to be understated is the fact that um, two of the countries in their group made it to the semifinals of the world cup yeah. and the third country, yeah. which they almost fucking beat is the ranked number two in the world. They have truly the group of death. So death. Uh, yes, it, it is a disappointment. And the Moroccan goalkeeper should be playing for Canada. He's a hell of a lot more Canadian than Milan Borian is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't I don't doubt any of that. Like obviously two of the teams made to the semifinals and all that. I'm just saying that afterwards everyone was just praising everything. It just made me kind of sick. Like you lost Dude, you it was lost, Canadian you lost ultra all three... Canadian coverage. You had James Duffy. No, I know. Like the, no. I'm not gonna say it, but anyways. Uh, Angelo, Christian, what do you guys think about uh, Canada's performance? Oh, like well, Nothing's gonna win a screen award again. For... I was gonna say just just for uh, for Mikey with the the pat on the back and all that stuff. Wait until it's all said and done, and the storylines are how they were in the group of death, and they mm-hmm. scored the only goal against the World Cup champion Morocco. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, goal. Oh, <laughs> Holy fuck! I will say though that goal was sick. The Davies goal, like. Oh yeah, minute yeah. or third minute. That yeah. was like a holy fuck moment. Okay, Angelo, go. Like Mikey was saying, yeah, it's 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 you know the pat on the back stuff. It's like it's hard. It like you know we we're in society today that gives away participation awards for just about anything. And yeah, it's it's nice that Canada won, but there were a lot of rookie mistakes. It showed, you know in certain tactics and certain ways they were playing like, you know, maybe yes, they do. They do beat Belgium who was, but an older squad. And if the tactics change against Croatia, maybe they're, maybe they, maybe they even get a tie who knows, but you know, it's exciting for a team that, you know, is a first time world cup, uh, sorry, really like second, sorry, second time world cup participant, but you know, we have a long way to go. In terms of the being a, you know, even a an average soccer nation, as when you compare it to, you know, the other teams that are participating in the World Cup, like, you know, we see a country like you know Morocco, and you see you know how dominant how how well Croatia has played, and even the United States, who you know, yeah, they have bigger population, bigger pool of people to uh, to pick from, but we are still quite a bit of ways away from even being an average soccer nation. So yeah, yeah, it's all well and good to, you know, yes, we made the world cup. It's okay. It's a, it won't be back and everything, but you know, I hope that come four years from now when they're hosting the world cup, that the tactics are different. They have a bit more maturity in the way they are approaching games, not saying, you know, fuck Croatia, because at the end of the day, you know, you don't get we know in hockey how how bulletin board material works you give a team any any bit of you know bulletin board material they're gonna they're gonna stick it to you and what did croatia do to canada they fucking beat the shit out of us so you know it's it'll have to inform yeah but that was as much to do with don't you think that was as much to do with canada just being like because also going into that game morocco beat belgium right um yeah, and let me like kind of. Well, going that. into that game, I think they just had no mojo. You know, mm-hmm. like 
Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Croatia is one of the best midfields in the world. Like yeah. those those three guys they have at midfield, it's, like it, it's it's top mm-hmm. top three in the world easily. So, um, not necessarily Canada should have gone and beat Croatia because that's a super tough ask. No, that that but that's not I, the I, game I, just, I expect them to. Yeah, to win. I, I was just more so talking about like, the lineup he had out there, and I don't think mm-hmm. it gave Canada the best shot at a, a result. Yeah. You know, because yeah. even if they had tied that game somehow. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the Morocco game with a purpose. But regardless, it is what it is. Uh, decent showing from Canada. That first game was super exciting. And we move on. Yeah. But they also, like, not to be understated, so we know how good, you know, Perisic and, and Modric and all these guys with... Um, Rozovic. With, with Croatia are. But, like, man, like, Ziyech on Morocco, like, he's a star at Chelsea. Like... Yeah. The goalie for Morocco, who should be playing for Canada once again, has not let a fucking shot in. You know, like even like we have Alfonso Davies and Jonathan Davids with Lil, which is amazing. But you have players on Morocco. Like I was just looking at their lineup here. Like you got guys playing on Bari, Toulouse, Sevilla, like QPR. Like you have uh West Ham United PSG like you've got some of the best players in the world on Morocco as well. Mm-hmm. Truly it was the group of death. Here's what I would say, I would summarize it as disappointing but not crazy disappointing, right? Like not like a yeah, yeah. collapse level of disappointing, but uh they could have been better and 2026 man, mm-hmm. no one's talking about it yet, but Canada is hosting World Cup games in Canada, right? So Christian, what was your take on it? On Canada at the World Cup? Going yeah. back to me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to get out of the group stage. Their their goal total for the tournament was set at two and a half. So, you know, it's that's a bottom team in, in any division, any group. So to see them go up for a few minutes was sick, have a lead, get a goal, mm-hmm. you know, be on top against a good team like Croatia. And then, but... You know, can't say it. Yeah, can't say that shit, especially about a country like mm-hmm. that. Like, if they were a hockey team, that's a team that's just gonna run you into the ground and destroy yeah. you up against the boards mm-hmm. and in the corners and behind the net. Like, they're gonna work for every mm-hmm. every last goal. So, man, yeah, it is what it is. It was mm-hmm. it was entertaining to watch. Some of the parlays that the boys sent through in the group chat were kind of wild with those two <laughs> goals and whatnot. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it was it was fun to you know watch like all these you've always just grown up everyone in this in this group Italy for the most part you know mm-hmm. I say most part because I know Taylor you have a few in the running sometimes so you know we we've always just cheered for other countries where then it's not the country like you we grew up in right but now to have Canada it's that same feel when you watch like Canada at the Olympics type of thing or the World Juniors growing up type of thing so that was that was cool just to be part of a tournament so mm-hmm. literally worldwide massive mm-hmm. as it is the biggest one there is. Yeah. What do you boys take on the rest of the World Cup now? Now that we're, well, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, December sixth. So we know. Uh, sorry, December thirteenth. So Grant know, Wall. I think Grant Wall was killed, but that's kind of dark I, too. I, our, our yeah. Ball. So do so do I. Big, but mm-hmm. I, and I don't think none of the journalists there are going to say it till they leave the country because mm-hmm. if one of them come out and say something, they're gone too. So. Yeah. Anyways, shouldn't um, be there. It shouldn't fucking be there. Is the is the moral of the story? Like, I honestly, I just can't wait yeah. for it to be over at this point. Now we're coming mm-hmm. up this the finals this weekend. I think Argentina will beat yeah. France in the final. 
You think so? Yeah, Leo Messi will get his World Cup. Ronaldo will cry endlessly about it. Oh my god! And uh, the thing is, is Argentina is a good team, bro. Like no. Portugal is not that team. Portugal is not a World and, Cup. And we t- and we talked about it last podcast. Like who had the better, you know, who who was best served to win this World Cup? Was it Messi or Ronaldo? And we we mentioned the depth that Argentina has. You know, they're not a they're no slouch of a team. And we've seen it this World Cup. Now they've escaped some games, you know, a little by the skin of their teeth. But that's, you know, today, for example, with, you know, the penalty shot and everything just kind of going their way just feels, you know, even the fans being there, like it seems like it's a very heavily, heavily cheered for Argentina team in the in those stadiums in Qatar. So, you know, like you said, I, I would love to, you know, having Argentina win would be, Dude, you look at Argentina's roster, top to bottom, they're like arguably the best in the world. They are so, so fucking good. But here's my question is where's Leo Messi going to go after the World Cup? Do you think the rumors, the MLS rumors have any validity? Uh, I think he might come play for Los Angeles or something. Because they were talking about Miami, right? Miami. or Or Miami, yeah. Talking about taking his talents to South Beach, Christian. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I gotta ask you guys: what, what do you prefer the World Cup at this time of year? Like, you know, this no. kind of the no, it's, you don't it's like it at all. Kind of no, no, I don't like it at all. It's got to be in the summertime, man. See, I don't want to be hammered on a now. street in Toronto somewhere watching you, it, man. You could still do that, and I and I like I'm the only one of us that watch the leagues. Like, I hate the fact that. Juventus won six in a row and the league stopped for fucking two months and now those don't count. Those don't count. Buddy, they're being investigated big time right now. It's a conversation (laughs) for another day. Their their entire board resigned Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Oh shit. Who's that? Juves? Yeah, relegation to Chidia C quite possibly. No way. What are they gonna do with Di Maria, bro? Di Maria's got Di Maria only came to Juve to warm up for the World Cup. He can get the (laughs) fuck out of here anyway. Juve Ultras were literally hanging banners telling them to fucking go back to Argentina because it's fucking useless. Dude, one night one night I was in Jamaica at uh, Kevin Winter's wedding and I got so fucked up with a bunch of Italians. There was a ton of Italians there at our resort. It was like all Canadians and Italians. And I was with like uh, fans of Atalanta. Oh, yeah. And these guys. From Bergamo. It got weird, dude. Yeah, <laughs> stories again for another night. But I'll get you out on the I'll, I'll get you on this one because I was talking to you, Mikey, about it when before the uh, start of the podcast. But do we think that the United States will win a World Cup before no. England ever gets there? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think England's ever going to win. Like no, their game will. against France was like the epitome of English soccer. Dude, they have football, such soccer. Toronto Maple Leafs vibes. It's so so <laughs> hard to watch. I feel like the only way, yeah, the only way the Leafs curse is going to be broken is once England wins a fucking major tournament, and I'm so torn about it. Yo, isn't England though too? Like, like '66 when they won the World Cup. They, yeah, that's they that's what I mean. Really it's the exact it. same. It's the exact same. They're they the most obnoxious really fans. No, they didn't. The ball never crossed the line. Tell any fucking Englishman that. Dude, it wasn't even close. Like they they've got video of it, man. No, it didn't cross the line. The but the ball did not cross the line. If we had like modern technology, that game would have carried on to extra time. But VAR, bro. VAR. <laughs> yeah, that uh, 
but I imagine that you guys had probably the same reaction that I had when he skied it the way he did sky it. Oh, I fucking sullied. I was hard. I I, no, I I had I had flashbacks. I had pain. I just I imagine something. Uh, from the France Italy. No, from no, buddy. We we were four years old when Baggio. None of us fucking. I've seen the clip. Don't matter. That breaks your heart every time. Don't matter. Okay. You know what? But it it doesn't hurt as much though because they won two two fucking tournaments since. No, exactly. So So it's okay. It it heals the wound. But I like. (laughs) I was watching the game and my girlfriend just shared. She's cheering for France, you know, the Quebecois in her. And, uh, you know, the second penalty, I'm like, he's going to miss it. She's like, how do you know he's going to miss it? I go, because he's English. They miss the <laughs> This is what they do. This is oh, their yeah. their curse, the penalty shot. Temporary it's- Teddy going on and McFontaine. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have Argentina winning it all? I know Mikey said yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a layup at this point. Although, oh, you know, okay. France, I, you know, it's going to be France, Argentina, right? Morocco. <laughs> but you know guess... what? For, for, for vibes in the stadium, they'd be better off to have Morocco, Argentina, because it's been Morocco's like the home team essentially mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yo, when he was they, there, said they? if there's a team like that, that there's like the craziest fans there right now. It's the Moroccan fans because yeah. when the it's like a it's like NFL football in the fact mm-hmm. where when the other team has it, they're just whistling loud. You can't do anything, and then when their yeah. team has it, it's mm-hmm. just cheering, backing them up. So Morocco. <laughs> do you think somewhere if if Morocco does win? Because I imagine you guys have watched the uh, the FIFA documentary on Netflix, the yeah, the whole corruption that. thing, and how Sepp Blatter was trying to expand football uh, soccer in in Africa, Africa. Uh, Africa and wouldn't it be something the world the last world cup that he awarded to a country being Qatar having a team like Morocco that's winning, like yeah, winning just, it's the they just slide that pack of bills to him too in exchange for the world yeah, cup yeah right? like, but, but be- you know what though Morocco getting to this point i don't think in any of their games has been anything oh it's sketchy. so fixed bro no, but I don't think what in, in what the world, has, Michael. It is so fixed; it's a joke. But but to this point, there hasn't been a game where it's like, nah, that's a sketchy call. It's not like Morocco's been you're getting penalties. Me Leo Messi and Di Maria and all these fucking guys. If Di Maria is a fucking bum, buddy. I would have said more in that. In that don't England, fucking talk that way about my boy. <laughs> I would have said more in that England, uh, France game. That that, if anything, maybe was some of the worst officiating we see maybe the Netherlands and Argentina was the the next the next closest game to play officiating bro, it's the players don't you think no I think no I, I think if anything it's it'll be fixed towards Messi winning it because there are a lot of Argentinians there yeah so oh man anyways fuck it I think it's all fixed bro I don't trust I'm that. still I'm still trying to get to the bottom of uh I missed high stick on Dougie Gilmore in 93. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say the fucking trade with riding. Man. Oh, well, that too. That too, man. <laughs> All well, right. boys, well, boys, that uh, that concludes another uh, episode of the Foot and Crease podcast. Uh, wish you guys both a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Shout out LaRose, man. I just uh, picked up a whole mess of pastries there a couple days ago. Our wonderful sponsors who, to be honest with you, pay us way too much money to have all the fun we get to have. Um, by the way, that reminds me, I got an e-transfer, you guys. But, um, you know, unbelievable spot 
to get some pastries this time of the year, you know? So if you're looking for world-class hot tables and just unbelievable pastries that leave you wanting more, La Rose uh, Bakery in Milton, Ontario, that's where you got to go. Best cannoli in Canada. Best cannoli in the world. Wow. Even though I haven't been to the world, but, you know. Definitely definitely in the Western world, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, until next time, Merry Christmas. Take care. Be safe. And uh, keep your stick on the ice and foot out of the crease. And head up.